It is so, so very difficult to get started. Uh, this is probably my fourth try at uh, this, the first podcast of Grey Matters. Uh, so much, so much anxiety about putting it all together. Ah, but this is going to be it. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Grey Matters, the podcast for those of us in the Grey Zone. What is the Grey Zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of grey. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. Steve Dotto here, and welcome to episode one of Grey Matters. Now, this podcast is, as I said in the intro, dedicated to those of us in that gray zone, those of us who are finding ourselves wanting to know more about the online world, online marketing, the different opportunities that the online world represents, and figuring out how to take our experience, our skills, and be relevant in that space. So primarily, we're going to talk a lot on this podcast about social media marketing. And here in episode one today, I think I'm going to take you kind of on a little bit of a backstory on how I came about embracing online marketing, content marketing, the way that I have, uh, because it wasn't a, it, it wasn't predestined that I was going to be an online guy, even though my background certainly indicated that I should well be, but I had a lot of resistance to this entire space. And I think if we're going to take a look at the opportunities, honestly, and really recognize what the, what digital marketing and, uh, social marketing can do for all of us. Uh, we have to look at it in the real light of day, and there's a lot of warts on this on this particular opportunity. It's not all, it's 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 not all fantastic, but it is, I think, just the most exciting place. Uh, it's the wild west. It's 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 the gold rush. It's an opportunity for you to stake a claim in a space, and and the limiting factors that have limited us through our career. Uh, glass ceilings, uh, saturated marketplaces, unimaginative bosses, ch the changing landscape of business, political correctness, all of the things that have at different times interrupted the flow of our progress on our career path or on our business growth. All of those uh, don't aren't as big an issue in the online space. I really believe that you can be successful online uh, if you if you just take the time and apply some imagination that it's success in social marketing for us is not an if it's a when that's what this show is going to be dedicated to it's going to be dedicated to giving you the skills the tools that you need in order to accomplish that so let's let's start out by talking about what what i think of as social marketing what you know what 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 are the spaces that we're going to be talking about and how did i get involved uh, I think it's really important to understand context, to understand the uh, the perspective of the person who's going to be teaching you. And since I've kind of appointed myself as tour guide 
for those baby boomers and Gen Xers, those of you out there listening to this podcast, I think that you should, yeah, I should come clean and I should tell you exactly where it is I'm coming from. So for those of you new to me and my brand, uh, for better part of 20 years, I was a traditional media person in Canada. I had a, uh, a television show that was syndicated nationally for that ran for 15 years. Uh, I did uh, in that, while I did that, uh, I took advantage of the exposure that it gave me and I wrote a newspaper column, a syndicated newspaper column for the better part of seven years. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. I did enjoy some of that, but writer's block is the most, uh, most devastating thing. Uh, so I did the newspaper column and I also did a radio show for probably more than 12 years that I did uh, different versions of a radio program. And I really enjoyed radio, which is one of the reasons that I was so drawn to doing this podcast is uh, there's just something about radio. Is It might be a generational thing. It might be something that we baby boomers, Gen X, we just feel a real affinity for the radio because it was such a big part of our formative years. Uh, but I love the format. I love what radio brings and podcasts are all of that. And uh, so that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about doing this podcast is, is, is it gives me a chance to get back to, to the root, to, a little bit to my roots. So after, now the, the TV show and the radio show and the newspaper column that I wrote was all on technology. It was how-to technology. We, was, uh, we started in about 1992 and we went through the, 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 the total brand started in about 1991, 92, and it went through to 2011 or so. So 20 years or so, we were on the air in one form or another. And I was teaching people how to use, <laughs> we started out teaching them how to use, you know, modems. We, we started out before the internet was even a thing. And we were showing people how to use programs like Microsoft Word and the first Macintoshes, and we were, te well, not the first Macintoshes, I guess we were well on by the time we, we showed, but uh, we were still using modems when we started, and we, uh, we, we walked them through upgrade, you know, Windows, all of a sudden Microsoft Windows had a, a, a GUI operating system, a graphical user interface, and we taught people about that, and we were, the original printers that we showed were dot matrix printers, and I taught people how to use the technology and how to make it work in their life, and I learned just how important it was for people to master their technology or their technology would indeed master them. And that's probably a lesson that I learned very early on when I saw how intimidated people often were by technology. And I realized that if we weren't careful that the technology could become the dominant force in our relationship, it could become the dominant member of the relationship between you and technology. And that's a bad idea. Uh, so my mantra has always been that, that we have to master our technology or our technology will master us. And that's, that's kind of carried me along. So we did the TV show for the better part of 20 years and radio and newspapers. And in about 2010, it was, I was tired of doing it. And, uh, and there was consolidation in the network space in Canada uh, to the point where uh, a show like mine, there wasn't much room for a show like ours anymore. And to, and to be perfectly honest, by that point there, the internet had grown and YouTube had actually become a bit of a, a bit of a player by that point. Uh, that a show like mine, a how-to TV show, just it, it was hard to justify the costs involved in the airtime for that kind of for that kind of information. People were searching for what I would teach them on YouTube rather than watching it uh, in episodic television on TV. So even though we were still fairly popular, we did well. It was time to close up the close up shop, and uh, I was pretty happy to. To, to, to wrap up production after, after as long as I had been going. I did, that was some un, unintended consequences of stopping doing a, a show after that long. I really missed the team. I really missed the people. I didn't miss being on TV. 
and I kept doing radio for a little bit of time after that. Uh, but I, I really missed, I really missed being part of a team. Uh, so now fast forward for another year or two while I kind of wandered in the wilderness trying to reinvent myself, going through the first reinvention, which is so much the theme of what Grey Matters is all about, is about reinventing ourselves. I was very fortunate that I was still doing a lot of public speaking and keynote speaking. I was actually emceeing an awards night for a social media marketing awards. And I didn't know anything about social media marketing. I knew absolutely nothing about social media marketing. Uh, but I was the MC because I'm entertaining for this award show. And I met a, a woman named Mari Smith. Now, you, I'll put links to her in the, uh, in the show notes. Mari was the queen of Facebook. She understands Facebook marketing, and she's this engaging, brilliant Scottish woman who met me and kind of saw my presentation and saw a little bit of what I was doing, uh, what I'd done in television on YouTube because all of our old shows were on YouTube. And she's also about 6 foot 14 She's this very tall woman, and I'm not exactly tall. And she looked down at me and goes, you're doing everything wrong. And she told me that I should start, I should be doing social media marketing. I should be doing, selling myself online and building a community online and developing information products or something along that line. And I frankly thought she was a little bit crazy, but nothing else was really happening for me at that time. So I... Uh, followed her a little bit on Facebook, took a look at her website and I reached back out to her and I said, well, Mari, this is pretty interesting stuff. So tell, tell me what, tell me, tell, tell me about this. And I don't know why, but she took me in kind of under her wing and introduced me to the whole world of content marketing. Now her network of choice, how, where she sold and she sold courses at the time and she'd built a, a community of primarily women who followed her, but it was Facebook marketing. She was in the early days of Facebook marketing and she was developing a real following and she had developed a real following and she was making a difference in people's lives, teaching them how to build their business on Facebook. And that, and the building a business crossed all economic and business areas. She did concentrate primarily in because of the nature of her personality. Uh, it was mainly women entrepreneurs who followed her, uh, but there was a huge breadth of, of the different markets that they were in. And she took me inside for what's called a product launch. That's where she was selling an information product. She was selling a course. And uh, she talked, in, and for the first time in my life, I was exposed to uh, an email sequence where you built and wrote an email sequence to lead pre people along a path. And uh, a funnel, the concept of a sales funnel, where you bring a lot of people into the top, you introduce a concept to a lot of people, and the people who are more and more interested, uh, you send them more information and more letters, and you engage them more often, and you track them through this funnel to the point where they come out the bottom of the funnel as a, as a customer. And I mean, that's a, sales, that's, a, that's a sales technique that works in a lot of aspects. Uh, but in the online world, that model is everything. They build, putting people through a sales fund, at least it was when I started in the space. And they had landing pages. There was a term called landing pages, which is the place that you come to learn about information. And they were scientifically designed to, uh, they actually called them at that point squeeze pages, I think, to lead you through a series of information and then squeeze you to the point where you had to, you were kind of forced to make a decision to sign up for something or download a free offer or purchase purchase something even better. And there were all of these techniques that were evolving as people were selling information, selling ideas, selling consulting, selling products, using s social media as a base for discovering the customers. Uh, and I was 
an interesting th position. I was both fascinated and repelled by it at the same time. I was fascinated by the people and the engagement and the conversations that Mari was having with her community and how engaged they were and how passionate they were. I was repelled by the thought of becoming a smarmy internet sales guy. And you know who I'm talking about. There's lots of the people we've all seen less than ethical online marketers. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost akin to, you know, our generation, the used car salesman with the, with the tartan jacket, you know, the, uh, the character, <laughs> the Danny DeVito character from the movie Matilda. Just, there was just a, we didn't want to, I didn't want to get painted by the same brush as these online marketers who I consider to be slimy at best. And I didn't really understand the difference. I didn't know about enough about the space to understand the where the difference was between the two. Mari definitely is not that. And the people who were her friends were not that. And so as I got to know that community a little bit more and started to, you know, kind of follow through, through the process, I said, this is a place that I can be successful. This is something that I can learn. I can take my skills. Now, this is an important message. This is exactly what I'm expecting so many baby boomers to be doing now is seeing how another baby boomer is successful online and recognizing that they can take their skills and apply them in the same way. It doesn't have to be, it's, it's not a blueprint. It's not, it's not they're going to do the exact same things, but within the framework, they're saying this creates the opportunity that I can now apply my experience against and I have to learn the skills of the online space. That's what this podcast is all about, is teaching you the skills you need to take your experience and then leverage them and become far more relevant in the online world. And if that becomes your business, if that becomes a side hustle, if you build an empire as a result, that is my goal. So... I start, I looked at what Mari was doing and I started to follow other social media influencers. That's what we'd call them today as social media influencers. I kind of looked at them as personalities back in the day. And I said, I can do this, but Facebook is not for me. Uh, Facebook is okay. I mean, I was using Facebook. I was a very early adopter. I had kids in university. I've been on Facebook for well over 10 years. I think it was, I was one of the first uh, people outside of the university crowd that uh, signed up for Facebook when they first opened it up. Uh, and my, my kids were in school at the time, so that was the reason as I was communicating with them. Uh, and, but I recognized the value of Facebook, but I thought that's not a network that, I've, that I wanted to build a community on. But YouTube, YouTube, there is a place because I understood television, I understood video, and I felt that I could build a solid community and a solid following on YouTube. And I began exploring that world. And right now, I mean, I wish I had been more aggressive in my pursuit of YouTube, but I would, ha I would kind of a, a approach it in fits and starts because I honestly didn't know how I was going to turn it into revenue. I mean, that's what we do is a little bit science, but a lot art as we figure out how to build a revenue model with our business. And that's one thing that I think is really important for people to understand is I said earlier that this isn't a blueprint that when we look at social media marketing or content marketing, that we're not looking at a blueprint, but a framework. I don't know any two online, online marketers who make their living the exact same way, whose business model is the exact same. Each one of us has kind of developed our own community, our own method of monetization, our own value system, our own value that we deliver to our community. Uh, so don't look for a, uh, don't look for just, you know, a checklist that you can follow as you build this, 
That's why a podcast like this is so important. We teach you and we kind of nibble around the edges and we teach you all of the different important things that you should know. And then you take those things and you apply them into your model and you build your own model as a result. And it's an exciting process. I got to tell you, I, I have been energized by the entire process and no more so than when I had probably one of the biggest epiphanies that I've had in the last 10 years. And that was when I started to create my videos on YouTube and I started to publish on YouTube. And for the first time in my life, the people who watched my videos talked to me directly and I was able to communicate with the people, with the audience who were directly responsible for any revenue that I could be making. See, when you're doing television, when you're doing radio in the past, the audience was a afterthought. The most important people were the sponsors and the advertisers and the network executives, the programming managers who made all of the decisions. Without the advertisers and the sponsors, you had no show because you had no money. They were your customers. As were the advertise, as were the marketing, uh, the the excuse me, the tele, the uh, network executives, who basically were the gatekeepers of your access to the to the marketplace. The people who watched your show never talked to you. They at the end of the day, if if Apple or if Microsoft or if uh, Adobe, my main sponsors, if they were happy, I was happy because they were going to cut a check for next season. Then, and if they were cutting a check for next season then the network executives were happy because everything was paid for. And that's really what it came down to. It was, it's, it, I would love to say it was because of the fantastic entertainment and educational value that we brought to the table each and every day. And while that was a part of it, and, and I made sure as we did our show that that was a part of it, that that was uh, what the show was about, at the end of the day, they didn't really care a lot about that. They cared that uh, their message was being delivered in a, in a, in a, in a good, concise way, that the, as far as the technology companies. And the network executives cared that we paid our bills <laughs> and that, uh, you know, that we got our Canadian content number and we kept all of our, all of our, our, kept our nose clean and didn't run into trouble. That was it. It was, it was, uh, I wish it was more artistic, I would, but it wasn't. So. Now we fast forward to Steve publishing on YouTube and I don't get, now I don't have a crew, I don't have a team, so I'm just publishing by myself, but all of a sudden people are talking to me on YouTube in the comments and it's this entire new world and they're saying, we'd like this and we don't like this and we'd like to see more of this. And through those conversations, I was able to then start to build my business, build my reputation on YouTube because the audience was telling me exactly what they wanted to see. And they were my customers. They could be my customers. I could make money directly from them on YouTube through advertising. That was one way. But even more importantly, they were telling me what digital products and what things, what services they would like me to produce for them. Now, they didn't tell me directly. I had to read between the lines. But the information was there, and it was golden. So those conversations were the wind beneath my wings as far as this my business taking off. And that is the beauty that is the beauty of social marketing where we, while we can ha do all sorts of smarmy things where we can socially manipulate people, we can also engage and have honest conversations with the community and we can develop a solid reputation where they know us, they like us, they trust us. We like these, like these kind of, uh, internet sayings and the no like trust factor is a big part of the whole online culture, but it is so important and it's so true. Because 
you post regularly on a video or a blog, people get to know you. They get to recognize your voice. You listening to me right now probably have consumed other content from me in the past and you feel like we already have a relationship. You know me. You, you know my ethos. You know my energy. You know what I stand for if you've followed me for long enough. And probably you like me because why wouldn't you? So you know and like. And as a part of those, as, as, as a byproduct of those two, you trust me. And what does trust bring us? Trust brings us the opportunity for me to do business with you at the end of the day. So if I am finally selling something, there's a good chance if it meets your needs, you will trust me to purchase. And at that point there, our relationship is complete and fulfilled. Uh, it should, it's not the end of it. Don't get me wrong. That's <laughs> not the end of it. And I wash my hands. But that is what we're, that's the goal. And I don't know of anything else that can do it on the scale that social media does. You know, you can just, you can, you can niche down and serve a very small, relatively speaking, marketplace or very focused marketplace. And the more value you deliver to that, the more credibility, the more, the more traction you have within that community. Focusing this podcast on the gray zone, on baby boomers and Gen X, doesn't scare me in any way, shape, or form. It is an opportunity to serve a community that I have a kinship with, that I have an understanding for, and that I know is, is, is ripe and ready for this, for the message. So even though it's, YouTube might not be excited about selling to baby boomers and, you know, millennials might be the end all be all for most of the social networks. It doesn't matter a hill of beans to me. And where did that term come from anyways? Hill of beans, what a stupid word, but it doesn't matter at all as far as I'm concerned, because I can reach a community that is going to be my everything with this podcast. And you've got the same opportunity. It doesn't have to be baby boomers and Gen X. You can reach your community using social marketing, using these tools, be it podcasting, be it uh, webinars, blogging. You can reach the communities in a variety of different ways using social marketing and reach out to them and form real relationships with a community that give you the opportunity to take your experience and turn it into a business. And that is what we're dedicated to. Now, before I break down what the opportunity looks like in social marketing, I should ask you for a favor because this is our first podcast and here's how podcasts grow as far as I can tell. I might learn something different as time goes on. But I think the ways podcasts grow most successfully is because of reviews and comments and likes and that sort of stuff. So if you are enjoying this podcast, if you're finding value here, of course, uh, I would appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast. But even more important, please give us a review. Drop a note, give us a, give us a like on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to us on to let others know that there is indeed content of value here in the gray matters. So that's it. That's what I'm asking for you to do for me today. Now let's talk about how this whole social program works because you've seen me for the most part, you understand that we do a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, I sell online courses. I've built a business in a variety of different ways. And over the course of this podcast, I'll share the details of a lot of those different business models. It'll be important to understand because it'll give you context as you go ahead. 
Uh, but once I decided to shift into this online world, and once I overcame my resistance to being painted by the same brushes, kind of smarmy online marketers, and I'd had my epiphany where I understood that I could actually have a real relationship with my community, uh, then I got really on the bandwagon in believing in what social media marketing could bring to the table. And I started to learn everything I could. And I probably have spent the last eight years just on a on a, uh, a learning spree as I've followed different individuals, different social media marketers, looked at different markets, looked at, at different platforms for creating different products, looked at different techniques for building communities. Some of them I agree with, some of them I don't agree with. But it all comes down to the fact that we, when you enter this space, for the most part, you're going to become a content marketer. What is a content marketer, Steve? It's a term you may be familiar with, but effectively it's this. In order to build an online community, you have to have something of value to share with them. And for the most part, what we have to share is our experience, our knowledge, our understanding, which is manifested as content. So you want to share your insight into your marketplace, giving value to a community. That's effectively what we do. How do I do that? I do that by teaching people how to use Gmail or how to use Google Calendar or how online marketing works. I teach the technology and the technical bits of how different things work in the world. That's what I'm doing and that's what I'm good at is teaching. So I create content and in order to generate the trust and the relationship with the community, you have to give that away on a frequent basis in some format that allows people to access it. So it could be a blog where you write out a, a blog post where you do a regular writing. And you don't necessarily have to do a traditional blog where it's being hosted on a website, you know, where you've got, where you're posting, you know, a blog site where you're driving traffic to your own site. Although that's still a really good business model. But you can be sharing your thoughts if you're in business, say, you could be sharing it by posting regularly on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Key is that you have to know where your community, where your target marketplace spends their social time, and then you have to compose your content so that it fits in that space to that audience. And there's gonna be a lot of different ways that you can do that, but that is the essence of what online marketing and, co and content marketing is. One of my absolute favorite stories is the story of Marcus Sheridan. Marcus is called the sales lion online, and he used to be a pool guy. He used to sell in-ground pools. And when the big crash happened, Marcus had, was like building swimming pools, and they had almost every order that their company had was canceled, and companies around them were going out of business left, right, and center. Well, Marcus tells the story how he developed a philosophy called They Ask, You Answer. Basically, it saved his business and launched him on a whole new career. He determined that social media, that people were asking questions in social media about pools. The few people that were buying pools still needed information on them, and he knew them better than anybody. So he just went and he scoured the internet, and anytime anybody had any question about in-ground swimming pools, he answered them. Without any expectation of other business, he just tried to serve his community. And his philosophy was they ask, you answer. When people ask a question, if you have the answer, you answer them. That's your duty. And if you do that, you will create an opportunity to have a relationship with those people. And lo and behold, if they didn't, he, you know, he started to write 
blog posts around it. He published them. It was, it was based on the questions people were asking, so it was very searchable content, and he started to develop a reputation. People started to ask his company, the few people that were having pools installed, he developed the trust with those people, so they were getting his company to do the installations. His company survived the tough times because he gave away his knowledge freely and uh, without, any, without any expectation in return, built a solid reputation, built a community, built a following, built a relationship, and he's continued that on. And he teaches that technique. And uh, if you look him up, we'll put a link in the, in the, sh in the show notes. Uh, Marcus Sheridan is his name. By the way, if you do want to gain access to the show notes, they're all going to be at the URL. Uh, if you go to the URL, dototech.com forward slash gray one. That's this episode number is gray one. So that's where you'll find the show notes and all the links that we're talking about in today's show. Without knowing it, without knowing about Marcus at the time, I intuitively followed that same model. When I started publishing on YouTube, as people asked questions in the YouTube channel, I answered the questions and I used their questions to help me determine what my next video was going to be about. And it was through that conversation that I was led to the opportunity to really become a community leader in the online space, teaching people about the technology that they were most interested in. And my community led me to all of the success that we've had. They led me to the type of products that they were interested in purchasing. And I did, I followed on and started to develop some online training products, uh, productivity tools, uh, courses on using Evernote, for example. And that was a direct result of my community telling me exactly what it was they wanted. So how does this whole content marketing work then? Well, you start by writing the blog post or creating the content, sharing the content. And yes, we will talk about this a lot in the future, but yes, you share the best in the most valuable knowledge you have. You don't tease them. You don't tell them, oh, I could tell you this if you hire me. No, for the most part, you share your information freely because you have to build a reputation. You have to build a relationship. You have to build trust. That answering questions starts to turn into a conversation very quickly. Uh, so you've been delivering content and now you're having a conversation where you're starting to build a relationship with individuals. What, what does a relationship look like? A relationship quickly will turn into a community is, and it might be small, it might be large, but your people will start to follow you and they will start to feel they're part of your community. That community creates an opportunity for conversion. Conversion is a huge part of the whole equation of social marketing. What's conversion? Conversion is when the person gives you permission to talk to them offline. When the person shares their email address with you, when they download a piece of product from you, when they, obviously if they purchase something from you there, that's a, a real fat, that's a good sign. But for the most part, it's when they trust you enough to sign up for your mail list or they sign up to you into your, into your private group so that you now have access to them where you can talk to them uh, directly and ultimately make them an offer if there's something that you're going to be selling. That's the, f the kind of the fourth step of the whole social marketing program. And once you've had the conversion, once you have permission to sell to them, then you have an opportunity to, to turn them into a customer, which completes the journey. I call it the five C's of social marketing. You start with your content. Content leads you into conversation. Conversation leads you to building a community. The community gives you the opportunity to create a conversion where the people trust you enough to give you their personal information to share with, so you can share with them in a more aggressive manner. And that allows you to ultimately turn into a customer, the person who you started out just by sharing some free content with. And that is, 
I guess that's a classic sales funnel as well, if we look at it as far as the kind of the funnel marketing, but that's how social marketing works. Now, why do I not feel that this is slimy, but I feel other people who are doing almost the exact same thing is slimy? That's a great question. And it really comes down to this. I think it comes down to intent in what's in your heart, what's in your soul. I know that when I'm answering questions and when I'm delivering content, I'm not thinking about how it's going to generate sales for me. I, strategically at one level, I do consider the content that can ultimately lead to monetization and value, but I'm not thinking about it at each step of the way. You know, there's a, there's a strategic level consideration, but not a practical consideration as you're creating the content. And certainly not as I enter a conversation and I'm looking and measuring each person's, the weight of their purse to figure out whether or not they're going to be a customer or not, whether I should give them my full attention. It's, it comes down to your attitude and how you manage and how you lead your community and how you serve your community. I think a term is a little bit overused in the world today, but having, what do they call it, a service heart, having a heart of service. I think if you have that, if you're giving truly and wanting to build your community and just serve a community, that it will shine through. And that is ultimately the differentiator between the online marketers who tend towards the more slimy uh, side and the side that we like to, I, I certainly, I would like to be, and I can't speak for you, that I like to be on. Now, there's an interesting thing that happens. One of the reasons that we get so upset with the, uh, with the whole slimy side or the smarmy side of online marketing is there's a lot of social engineering going on. They understand our trigger points. They understand what makes us buy. They study. They spend as much time studying human behavior as they do developing a product that actually makes your life better. And so consequently, they're, you know, they're constantly, we constantly feel like we're being manipulated in the process, which is where trust really gets undermined. And, and while there's a lot of great science and there's a lot of great tactics in that, that is something that I know I've always shied away from and felt un uneasy with. But now that I've spent time in that space and I have learned about the social engineering that happens in sales, how you can create a limited time offer, which creates a fear of missing out and all of these different little techniques where they socially engineer us and manipulate us in order to get the sale. Along with that has also come this kind of bonus understanding that you recognize how they're manipulating you and you can actually start to use it to your advantage as well. Case in point, it was almost as a complete aside, having a conversation with a friend today and the, she does the exact same thing as I do, it turns out. She's an online marketer and she says, yeah, I, I, I need to buy, she was going to be buying something online. I said, oh, did you order it? She goes, no, I just went in yesterday and put it in my shopping cart and then I abandoned the cart because I know they'll send me a coupon within the next two days for 10 or 15% off because they're, they're a good online marketing company and they'll, they'll track all of their abandoned carts and they'll try and incite me to make a purchase. Now that's social engineering going on. It's effectively what happened, in case you didn't understand the vernacular that I was using, is she wanted to buy a product, but she had decided what product she wanted to buy. She actually went through almost the entire process of purchasing that product online to the point where she put it into a shopping cart on the, the, on, in the software, but she never completed the purchase. She did something called abandoned cart, which means that you've, you've actually almost gone through with the purchase, but then you stopped for some reason. Now, online marketing, you can track people who abandon their cart, who get that far along and then abandon, and then you can actually send them information and send them some incentive 
to come back and complete the purchase. Now, that's can be seen as a little bit slimy in some aspects. It's effective, but it's also effective if you understand that they are going to come back with an offer to try and get you to purchase. And quite often that offer, the easiest thing to do is to offer them a 10 or 15 or 20% off coupon, limited time, uh, which will then cause a lot of people to turn around and actually make that purchase. So that's, and that's something that I actually do too. If there's something that I want to buy, I'll put it in the shopping cart, leave it for a day or two. And if they still haven't, if they haven't offered me a coupon by then, I'll quite often go back and purchase it. But you might as well see if you can save a few bucks, right? But that's the kind of the yin and the yang of that social engineering that happens. Uh, I completely got off track. My apologies. I won't even try and tell you that, that will not happen occasionally where I go down a rabbit hole. I will go down a rabbit hole, but I'll try and pull myself out in time so that we don't make the podcast too long. So that really gives you about a 30,000 foot overview on the whole world of content marketing and social marketing. In our future podcasts, I am planning on getting far more granular, talking about actual tactics around email marketing and building a website and uh, building out a YouTube channel growing a podcast or, or growing a blog, how you monetize, develop online courses. I'm going to talk to you about the things that you can do online, the skills you need to develop online so that you can then set that against your personal experience and you can start to build your own social system that's going to work for you. Now, you can do us both one big favor. Now, I know I asked you earlier if you'd be willing to offer a review and I still would love that, but additionally, Drop us a comment and let us know what more you want to learn about, what topics are going to be interesting to you, what guests you'd like to hear from, what themes you'd like to hear from us on the show, and ask me questions for the goodness sake, please ask me questions. They will become the fuel that really drives this podcast ahead. This is us together. This is a community that we're going to build. And I hope that this podcast ends up being a real blessing to so many of you as you reinvent yourselves for the digital age. With that, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle. <laughs> <laughs>